Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips and picks. I'm your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode. It sets cover select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. This episode will only cover what are determined to be the best, most interesting games for all the model A-grade plays. A little bit of a change here. We're shifting those over to Patreon for everyone at the $5 or higher level. Uh, hopefully you'll join us over there for the A-grade plays. Otherwise, nothing changing to this show. But if you're with us at that $5 level, it also gets you access to the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games, along with discussion on other sports. It's also a lot of fun over there. As always, remember there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades, or rather plays it really wants you to make, plays where it can't quite get there, but a better number or price would do it, and toss-up games. The results for all the recommended picks, the ones in this show, the Model A grade plays, and all the plays of the day can usually be found on Betstamp. They are having issues, and right now there are lines out, and Betstamp has nothing available. So I don't know if this stuff will get in Betstamp. Everything else usually is, um, but I can't do anything about their issues. Uh, but if not, it's also found in the Google Sheet. All those links are in the description. That Google Sheet also contains a full set of model projections on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we missed UAB covering, pushing. We laid one pushing yeah. by a tenth of a second or two tenths of a second. Really pick, pick your poison on that. And the frustrating thing is, I, you know, we all have internal clocks and I, as I'm watching it, I'm not looking at the clock. I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, you got to get the shot off. Dude, you yeah. got to get the shot off. And I don't, he just didn't seem quite as in a rush as I was watching it. Maybe, maybe I could be more of a rush watching it. I don't know. Maybe that was good that he was staying calm under pressure, but just did not Beautiful get shot. the shot off. Beautiful yeah. shot. Beautiful shot with kind of the pressure there and the timing of it just, you know, and it, it this is what we talk about good and bad variants, right? That's these sort of things happen. Um, you, you think back through the rest of the overtime period and how many times maybe the whistle should have been blown just a half a second earlier and then we're fine, right? But yeah. um, I, I feel like we'll get one of these going our way on, on one of these games. The only, I'm sure we have uh, with all the picks. I, I just can't recall off the top of my head. Um, maybe a little bit of negativity. Rice, maybe. Only, Rice, that flip, that, that helped. Rice, yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking about the last second thing. The only one I can remember was that North Carolina game where they forced overtime um, on that bonkers inbound play oh, where yeah. that should have just never been able to happen. So the, the like last second, does it happen or not? I, I feel like we're 0 for 2 on the, on the good luck, but maybe we've had a good luck somewhere and I just can't recall yeah. what, what it is. Yeah, I mean, we missed the over by 1.2, so that shot goes in, we clean up. Oh, no, we hit the, no, we hit the over by 1 point. Oh, I thought it was 148. Oh, I No, 146. Down. Yeah. Good. Look no, at we that. Get, we got the over by, and that's what it was tough watching it. Yeah, watching it when, um, you know, when UAB's on defense right before they have one point lead, I'm like, I don't know if I want them to make it or not. Like, I, I guess if he makes it, then we get the over, and then they have a chance to come back. And so, of course, I was like, maybe if they shoot quick enough, they miss, then foul. Now, so it's it's wild when you have a side until what that because everything kind of comes together at the very end there, and you're like, 
I don't know what to root for. Like it, it, it can all swing one way or the other. Uh, it makes it fun, but yeah. it, it, you know, it does, uh, at least we split those, I guess, but, uh, yeah, beautiful shot. Just couldn't quite get it. Uh, them's the breaks. Uh, a lot of good games here for Wednesday. Again, we don't know how Tuesday went. So we get input, you know, Tuesday went terrible or Tuesday went awesome. Who knows how <laughs> Tuesday went? Uh, we haven't even tipped a single game yet by the time we're recording this, but Wednesday also a pretty solid slate. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits you found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. For $5 more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it all. It's courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description and current as of the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon. We're going to start off with the earliest game of the day here, 530 Central, UConn at Seton Hall. I say earliest. I think there's from half an hour earlier than this. Uh, earliest game that people might want to watch. Um, UConn at Seton Hall. We're going to go with the under 136 in this one. The model says it's pretty well-priced. At this number, uh, of course, UConn has a great defense. Seton Hall, not that far behind them in defense as well. Should be a pretty average pace. Uh, Jake, why are we on the under here? Like, I mean, both these teams, like you just said, have very, very good defenses. Um, UConn's got the better offense. Seton Hall, not that great on offense. Uh, and, I mean, UConn's on the slide, but that's going to end. They're too good. They're too talented. Um they're drop, they've dropped four of the last five, and they've gave up about 80 points a game in those losses, and it's been to really good offenses. Like you're looking at like Marquette and different teams like that that can really – I mean, Yeah, Xavier. St. John's is a little bit surprising. Um, but, but all those teams also push the tempo yeah. pretty heavily. I mean, they're getting up and down the court. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I was going. Like, And they all went fast. Seton Hall is not that team. Um, they struggle on the offensive uh, side of the floor, well below average in almost every metric. Um, they get to the line a lot, but they don't make them. So that's really not going to be a big issue because UConn really doesn't foul that much for as physical as they play. Uh, I just I think this UConn team, this defense is very, very solid. They're going to want to really slow it down. They really want the game to end in the like, – 65 is about as much as they want to score because they they really want this slow like game. They really want to suffocate you out. And Seton Hall has just not got the offense to f- solve it. And then they've got a very good defense that is really going to slow UConn down, which like from scoring the ball on a slow pace, less possessions, less chances to score. I think under is a very smart play here. Yeah, and with regards to the side, UConn is a five-point favorite. Uh, the model would lean to grabbing Seton Hall, but it's not a play that I really want to make. We talk about UConn bouncing back, but I also don't want to lay five. To me, it's just a stay away on the side. Not to say, again, it's one of those things where, like, obviously UConn could win by exactly five in this pushes, but assuming there's no push, right? One of the sides will win, but right now looking at it, laying five with UConn, feels a little bit like a dangerous exercise of this team should win. So I'm going to lay points because they, they should, but also they could still win by one, two, three or four points and you lose the bet. And so there's enough probability that happening that it just doesn't feel like for me personally, the wisest side to invest. If I could lay a really short number with UConn, you know, if I could lay two for sure, I'd lay two with UConn, maybe three. But once you get above that, it's like, I just, they might win a tight game. They might run away with it. I have no idea. Um, But Seton Hall, 
I don't think they're that good, but you know, every once in a while, weird things happen in college basketball. So like if they won this game, it wouldn't be the most surprising result. It would not be to the level of Iowa as 38 point favorites or whatever it was losing that game, right? It would not be that shocking if Seton Hall won. I don't think they will, uh, but I just don't want to lay the five with UConn. So instead of taking a side here, we're just going to stick with the under 136. Yeah, and like as all, all the Purdue fans out there know, Holloway really knows how to scheme uh, outsized when they're shorter. Mm. So I, I think they're really Holloway's just a great coach. He'll have a great scheme for to really slow down. Uh, I can't remember the big guy's name right now. Either one of them uh, feels put guys feels a little bit like an unnecessary jab at Purdue fans. But <laughs> you know, I, I guess I guess they at least did beat Michigan State, so at least they're feeling yeah. okay. Had they lost that Michigan State game, I might have said like that's a little below the belt. Yeah. Like you got to lay yeah. off the Purdue fans. But. I'm not going to be that mean. <laughs> I mean, you live in Indianapolis, so you're around a lot of pretty fans. So there you go. Uh, 6 p.m. Central, Florida at Texas A&M. Uh, both teams playing really well as of late. Uh, I was a little bit down on Florida, but they really um, just have come along. A&M as well, a team that was, looked bad, then looked good, then had that Wofford game, which was just terrible. But ever since then, it's playing pretty well. They're, they're laying four at home. Sideline says they should only be laying three. We're going to grab Florida. It's only a C-grade play at four, but it would quickly become an A-grade play if this number gets even higher. Florida should be able to hang around this game. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. And so give me four points. And, it, and you might say like, well, then why are you talking about if you don't know what's going to happen? I'm like, because there's value getting points in a game where I can see anything happening with how well these teams have played lately. It just seems like a straight up chaotic, who really knows. I couldn't even tell you what style of game is going to happen here because we've seen both of these teams play some really lower scoring games at times. But when you look at the metrics, you, you have to think about they should be playing higher scoring games They're all over the map. With that. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't want to mess with the total. I just say, hey, who the heck knows? Give me four points. There's some value to that. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm just hoping Texas A&M remembers their uniforms this time around. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that was crazy. Somebody lost their job, I'm sure, over that. Uh, I've I've never seen that before. I have seen teams wear their practice jerseys in a game to avoid that fate, or maybe when they left them like back home, like in the city, not at the hotel. But to delay a game because the uniforms are at the hotel and get a technical to start the game. I, I've never, I've, I've not seen it. I'm sure it's happened, but that's, yeah. it's not something you see like every Wednesday, you know? No, no, it's, that was wild. Uh, I mean, and pro like, it's just, I mean, that means they probably had no uniforms at the game because like Florida probably could have switched colors to get the game going or something yeah. like that. But that wasn't a thing. Uh, I guess their warmups, their warmups might've just been like t-shirts or something yeah. without numbers on them. I don't know. Yeah. this a wild event. Uh, I mean, and there was like, they came back and won after starting off one to nothing. Uh, one by three, I think we're going to see a very similar game. Uh, like you had Marble Table and Radford all get 17 for Texas A&M. Uh, I can't remember the guy from Florida, but he had – there was 21, and then Castleton had 14. They kind of got away from going to Castleton. I don't think that's going to happen in this game. I think uh, Todd Golden is really going to have in Castleton involved and really play through him here. And I think he'll, he's athletic enough and can shoot the ball and stretch the floor enough that this game stays very, very tight. And that's part of the reason I'm scared of the total. I mean, I would lean under, but that's not where I want to put any of my money. Cause if this game's tight, it can go back and forth. We can get an extra five, 10 points that you don't really see coming just cause 
in the way the possessions go. I, I just think this thing is probably like a two to three point game either way. Very, very fun game to watch. And I think in that first game we had the under because I think it was over 140 and it was like, that's just way too much here. Now the total 138, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I probably would, but there's these offenses are relatively efficient and Florida seemingly plays a little bit faster. So I just, I don't really, I don't love the under at that number, but I'm with you. I, the total is just like, and then you know, with fouls, like the total is just a complete crapshoot uh, in my opinion that, as a lot of totals can be um, when you have these tight games, you just never know how the ending's going to go. Um, but yeah, grabbing four with Florida here, makes a lot of sense just because anything can happen. Should be a great game um, here. And then another great game also at 6 PM central TCU at West Virginia. We talked on yesterday's show about just how good TCU uh, is, you know, really trending towards, you know, a top, you know, two seed, maybe even a one seed in the tournament. If things bounce their way, um, it wouldn't be crazy to see both TCU and Kansas get one seed with how strong the big 12 is. Obviously I'm not saying that that will happen, but it's on the table, how good TCU has looked, if not at least a two or three seed West Virginia, one of the bottom teams in the big 12, but again, the big 12 so good. That doesn't mean they're bad it just means you know west virginia we'll talk about both oklahoma and oklahoma state um maybe tech with the way they've looked we'll see how they look against baylor tonight kind of making that bottom half but it's still a very tough bottom half morgantown a really tough place to play but we're gonna still give you two picks on this one we're gonna take tcu they're getting a point and a half the equivalent money line probably like even money maybe a plus 105 or something like that makes a lot of sense with the tcu can go on the road and get the victory again morgantown a tough place to play but baylor went on the road and got it done there TCU is a better team than Baylor is. Uh, I, I'm just so impressed with TCU. I'm going to grab them basically just to win this game. They might lose by one, but that's not what I'm baking on. I'm baking on TCU to win. I'm going to go over 148. Kind of mentioned this here recently with these big 12 teams. Unless it's a team that's going to really try to slow it down, just go over. There's too many fouls in these games that are being called. And until it gets called differently, I think it's just a ride these overs. You're going to win more than you lose great offenses. And again, a lot of tempo here that the models are just playing catch up, especially for a team like TCU that's playing much faster than it did last year. And a team that, you know, is good defensively, but isn't quite as good defensively as they were last year, but has made up for it with an incredible offense. TCU, the better team, should go on the road and get it done. West Virginia not able to really slow them down. Not a team that really wants to slow down the pace anyway. So it should be a lot of points. So we're going over and thinking the Horn Frogs can win. The Horned Lizards, because they're actually lizards, not, you know, frogs. Uh, Chick, what do you got? Besides, uh, you know, a biology lesson. <laughs> well, I just I feel so sorry for West Virginia. I love Bob Huggins, and I love watching them play and everything. But they've just had the worst luck in conference play. I mean, they've lost each of their five, uh, five conference games by no more than seven. They're right there. I think one or two of them has gone to overtime. They're a good team. They're just stuck at a conference that's really, really good. Team. You, put, yeah. you put them in most other conferences, and they're doing pretty well. This yep. one, they're going to struggle through. Uh, TCU, on the other hand, besides their god-awful three-point shooting, um, are an outstanding team. They, they don't shoot a lot of threes because they're smart because uh, they don't hit them. Uh, they play fast. Don't turn the ball over, which is impressive when you consider their pace and how many possessions they want in a game. The fact that it's only like 16% of the time they're turning it over is really good because a lot of possessions. Um, they rebound the ball, the, rebound the ball well on the offensive end, defensive end, eh, maybe. Uh, that's the only really flaw in their defense. They've got a pretty solid defense. I mean, they've got their three losses on the year um, combined for a total of seven points. This game will be tight. 
just like we talked about the last game, tight games typically give us a little more points just because at the end there's fouls and hitting foul shots. Uh, this game should be on your TV because Bow and Miles are just incredible players. And then you've got, I think, Miles for West Virginia, who's or Mitchell, uh, transfer from Texas, is a very, very good player. Uh, so just be an incredible game. Morgantown's always fun to watch basketball because the whole state, it feels like, is in that arena. Yeah. Uh, it, feels, it definitely feels that way. Yeah. So this is a very good game. And that's a compliment. That's not an insult. It just feels yeah. like it's just a crazy place to play. And I so mean, it's, it's on my bucket list to go watch yeah. a game there. So, yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, should be a great one. Hopefully we can get the double winner there in that one. Shifting to the 8 p.m. slot, Arkansas at Missouri. Two teams that want to play this game in the 160s, 170s. Every once in a while these teams play, and, and it just doesn't quite get there. Uh, it's a high number, but I still think over is the way to go. We're going to go over 155. Sideline says 158 for this one, and – Arkansas's defense is solid, but Missouri's offense is really good at home. It should be clicking. And again, there just should be a lot of tempo in this one. Uh, with regards to the side, Missouri's a one and a half point favorite. Sometimes it's a true coin toss game. So if this gets out to either team getting three points, that makes a lot of sense. But it, it, hanging around a point and a half either way, I just don't know what's going to happen here. I think Arkansas is the better team, but on the road, again, really a straight-up coin flip game. So you're going to need some good plus odds or good points to really make me think the side is worth it. But instead, we're going to stick to the over here. 155, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, Missouri's defense has not gotten in the way of anybody all year. Uh, I, I mean, Southern Indiana put up 91 on them. Their offense, though, elite. They have scored 85 points or more in 10 game, ten of their 17 games. I mean, Arkansas is riding a little bit of a struggle bus right now with injuries and changing that team. And they, they also play a little chaotic, so it's not been going well. I mean, that Vanderbilt game, that was very surprising. They shouldn't have dropped that. They just gave up 97 to them, too. So there's just going to be – this game's just going to rain points. Uh, it's just wild. They don't – like, Arkansas doesn't shoot the three ball well, but they play fast enough. They make up for it, score a ton of points. Nick Smith Jr., He's a great talent, but we don't know if he's playing tonight ever again in this uh, for Arkansas. It's just I don't know that knee injury, and I mean he's got an NBA career to think about. Uh, so I mean it's, this game would have been fun with the revenge vibes and all that if Brazil didn't get hurt earlier in the year because uh, he left Missouri to Arkansas would have been mm -hmm. fun. I mean it might still have a little bit of that, but that could have been a fun aspect to it. But Kobe Brown incredible player from Missouri. Really fun to watch. This game will just have points all over it. It should be fast. You'll get whiplash going like this the whole time, the way they want to play. Uh, there's no def hardly any defense, a lot of points. No clue yeah. what I want to side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, these two teams in the first matchup barely got into the 140s. However, there were 28 missed three-pointers in that game. And so they're going to they're gonna shoot a lot of threes and they're going to miss a lot of threes, but you expect them to make more than that. The combined three-point percentage uh, for those two teams last game was 30%, and that's on the low side. And so it wouldn't take many more threes to go in for this to go from what happened last game, 142. Uh, it would only take five more made threes. Again, of the 28 that were missed to get you uh, to this number, so uh, 
I know what happened last game, but I still think over is the right play here. I, I don't expect that many missed threes again this time, but again, there are no locks and gambling that could happen, but there should just be enough tempo and enough pace that we saw in that last game, Arkansas put up 47 themselves in the second half alone. And that's the type of thing we expect to see that might have a little bit of a slow start. So if we can avoid that kind of slower start from both teams, uh, then we should be able to get to, again, even though it's a high number, a game that, a game that could land at 142 like last game, but if it goes over, it could go over with about seven minutes to go with the way these teams play. I'm not saying it, that will happen. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the craziest thing for this game to just fly over with with the way they want to go if either if either or both team gets hot from three. Which will take us to another 8 p.m. game, Providence at Marquette. We're going to grab the five and a half points with Providence. I mean, more or less, other than like Georgetown, I feel like maybe surprisingly Villanova, which is hard to say, kind of copy paste everything I say about the Big 12 into the Big East. Just a great conference, you know, top to mostly bottom, a lot of good games. Uh, Just can't give the conference enough accolades and how fun it is. And here we go with another fantastic matchup here with Providence and Marquette. Providence was really shorthanded on Saturday and hung around in a really tough contest. Uh, Hopefully a little bit more healthy here. Getting five and a half points is too many in our opinion. Sideline is passing on this one, says it's priced pretty well, but we think there's some advantage to grabbing the points. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, this is the game I'm most interested in. Uh, This is going to be real big for the top of the Big East. I know Xavier's kind of starting to, Pull out a lead, but this, I mean, that's two seed, three seed can be big um, with as many teams as they are because I think they get a buy or double buy in this turn in the tournament. Um, and the last game was just an absolute thriller. What double overtime? Uh, Marquette, most people still think about shocking his defense, but their offense is what you got to look at. They're the second most efficient, according to Ken Palm. They've got the second best. Crazy to think about. Um, effective field goal percentage and rarely ever turn the ball over. Uh, Providence also has a very, very good offense. Uh, They clean up most of their misses. Neither team really likes the three ball. A lot of this is going to be played inside the arc and neither defense is ready to stop these offenses. Uh, I think this is going to be a tight game. Uh, Five and a half points is just way too many. I kind of like the over, like I'm talking about all the offense, but I know it's a little higher number. um, So it's nothing – I'm going to be heavily invested in, but I'll personally play in it. Uh, but, I mean, Bynum's out, so you kind of kind of watch – or might be out. He's questionable on the injury report. So you kind of got to watch and see what Providence is going to do the first four minutes of the game. Uh, but I still think this will be a very, very tight game, even if he does not play. Yeah. Uh, with regards to the total, it's 153 and a half. So I think this is 154. It, it's it's around where that total is in the Arkansas-Missouri game. I just expect a little bit more tempo there, more comfortable with that over than this one. Uh, the numbers just, I think the numbers are just price right. It's just so yeah. high. Uh, if the number comes down though, over would be a pretty good look for us there. Uh, which takes us to the last game where we're going to go over in Bedlam here, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. We're going to go over 125. Sideline says 131. I don't understand where this number is coming from. This is an insanely low number. Oklahoma, who's supposed to be the slower of these teams, has their of their five conference games, they've played a 139, a 131, two games that have gone above 150. And the only one that was under this number was a 123, missed it by two points. They're supposedly the, the slower paced of the two teams. Uh, Oklahoma State does have a little bit better of a defense, but makes up for it by playing a little bit faster. Um, you know, 
I just I think 130 is about what we expect here, which is still a low scoring game. I expect a relatively low scoring game, but 125 just feels like a way big overreaction to I'm not even sure what that I've seen that makes me think that this is more like 120 than 130. So we're going to go over this number with regards to the side. It's Oklahoma State minus two and a half. Sideline says minus 2.9. So it would lean to laying the two with Oklahoma State. I tend to agree, but the problem is these two teams, I couldn't tell you which one's better. They're both solid basketball teams for sure, but neither one of them is really, uh, in my opinion, threatening the top half of the Big 12. And so I don't really know who would win on a neutral court. If that's the case, I'd probably lay the two and a half with Oklahoma State just because I think the home court in the Big 12 probably worth a little bit more than that. But there's not enough wiggle room there, enough value. I'd be a little more interested in like two than two and a half. But instead, I just think over is the smart play here and a number that is way too low. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, from the side perspective, I'm, I'm staying very far away from this. Um, because Oklahoma State is might be the slightly better team, especially at home, but they turn the ball over so much. It's uh, It's crazy. Love the over. I think anything under 129 is a gift you should take advantage of. There's just they both have pretty good defenses, so it's going to be a lower scoring game. But Oklahoma has a pretty efficient offense that just plays very slow. They shoot the ball well. They do a good job rebounding, rebounding the ball, especially on the defensive end. They rank ten in top ten in the effective field goal percentage. And their last few games have been kind of impressive to watch, like compared to where they were earlier in the year. Um, Oklahoma State being at home. Should play a little better offensively, you would think. Uh, they're like you pointed out, they're big 12 games. They've had one game that was nowhere near weird Texas game that barely cleared 100. Of that. Yeah, and that was what well, took about Oklahoma's Oklahoma State's. Yeah, they just had that. Yeah, they had that yeah. one Texas game, which was very a very weird game. It was a noon start, I believe. So it might have just been something with the early tip. Uh, maybe it was even yeah. 11 a.m. start. I'm not really sure. That was kind of the weird one, but yeah, otherwise, the last. Uh, Oklahoma State at home has been a much more, you know, that we had that West Virginia game on here and we yeah. said that we liked Oklahoma State to control the pace and slow it down and go under. That was at a different number. That game still got to 127, right? Yeah. And I don't see West Virginia and Oklahoma being drastically different in that West Virginia plays faster, but Oklahoma has uh, a much better offense to kind of counteract that and be about the same amount of points, you know? Yeah, and I think Oklahoma's offense is a little like Grove seems to get both the Grove brothers seem to be getting their feet underneath them the last couple of games. I think they're going to be better than what they've shown. So I think, like I said, anything under 129 is a gift that we should take way over. Yep, Yep, absolutely. All right, no overtime game today. We've already covered our six games. Uh, we had one of these as the overtime game. We just realized they're all big games, so we don't want to we don't want to insult one of these games and make you think they're not good quality. All six <laughs> of them are good. So six games, seven picks. That's our show. Jake, any parting words? No, I've, if you're watching for the Crane Butler game court tonight, so yeah. There you go. So yeah, by yeah, by the time people are watching this, either uh, see see if he's there now or. or Go back and, you know, find out the DVR and see, see if you see Jake on TV. There. You know what he looks like since you've seen him on the show. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content we've got on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. We'll have Cousin Jared on for that one. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.